Yankees. And so I went back and I, t- I took a little swig of it. And I was like, oh, man, that thing's, I'm thinking that thing's turned bad. I'm like, this thing is funky. Something <laughs> fucked this thing up. <laughs> hey, welcome to Super Social Club. I'm Jeremy. This is Whiskey Game of Six. I'm Rob. Welcome to the Whiskey Ramp Podcast. It's a little crusty. It's frustrating. And it's going to be a little bit of a rant. I don't understand it. I don't know why. Some sort of injustice. Anyway, end rant. Hello and welcome back to the Whiskey Ramp Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Rob. And today we have a special guest, Scott from the Scotch Test Dummies, SMWS, the legend himself. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I don't know about the legend part of that, but legend of the fall, maybe. Was that <laughs> I would call you a legend. You've been at this game for a long time. You were, you and Bart were the first to ever invite me outside of my own channel onto a new channel that at the time I thought I was like, oh, my goodness, these guys are talking to me. I They have like 3,000 subscribers <laughs> and I had like 500 or something like that <laughs> and I thought it was such a cool thing uh, yeah I remember you were I think you were like out on a date with the wife or something and you were like I had to you had to get home uh you know by <laughs> seven or eight o'clock whatever to do the live yeah that's right like, honey I I got it I got it I'm in the big times now yeah I'm and, doing a zoom with Scotch Test Dummy it was a big deal for me it was, <laughs> I remember being so nervous that for that whole thing like i was just a deer caught in the headlights the entire conversation (laughs) you know it was uh what bart and i started 2013 so it's been a little over 10 years now october of 2013 and probably it took us a couple years before is 2016 2017 before we started doing live streams but you know you remember back then and there was just a handful of us rob yeah it was it was just what like maybe six or seven of us yeah 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 and we were all i mean we were doing live streams all the time and hooking up and doing different things and yeah times and times have changed got well i mean i think like you guys everybody gets busy and some things just don't happen quite the same as they used to but yeah 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 you know what it's it you're right in in that it was a small group niche Mm -hmm. uh like you know, and everybody kind of knew everybody at the time, you know, it was, and everybody was kind of trying to help everybody out. Mm -hmm. And then within the last, I I guess, three or four years, there's what, there's hundreds of, oh, there's whiskey tube channels, maybe thousands of whiskey tube channels. Is there thousands? I wouldn't, I would imagine so. That's like, that blows my mind. Yeah. That blows my mind. I know. I like, I mean, among all the platforms, I'm sure there's thousands for sure. Because there's Instagram guys that have hundreds of hundreds of thousands of followers that I've never even heard of. Yeah, exactly. So, and then TikTok's in a whole other beast as well. TikTok as well, you know. So, but yeah, there. Uh, you know what's really changed in the last four or five years is the bourbon tube. Oh yeah, like, bourbon tube is massive. Bourbon's gone big, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. If well, we would have been, if, if we would have been the bourbon test dummies, we'd have done. <laughs> a little bit better probably <laughs> Who yeah, i mean i still i still have bart i mean it's still the 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 wild card there but, <laughs> but you know what though you guys have done well for yourself and your whiskey tubing i'm sure when you started scotch test dummies you had no idea that it would lead lead you to where you are right now with the smws and and the fact that you're able to still do both is really, really cool as well. So like, why don't you explain that little transition for us? Because you've been 
around, like you said, since 2013. I started around 2015. I think you guys had me on near the end of or the summer of 2016. So it was like less than a year into my journey. And you guys, I think, really helped me out. So I'd love to hear what your journey was like. Uh, yeah, you know, and I, I can remember those days too. And there really wasn't, and I, I still don't feel like it's viewed as competition, you know, amongst any channels, but you, you know, even at that time, I would kind of, I'd, I'd watched you and I'd be like, okay. Cause there, I mean, there were some other people too. And you're like, yeah, I just, I don't like the way they do things, you know, or they just don't seem to be, um, kind of along our same, you know, spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'd watch you and I was like, you know, this Rob whiskey and the six guy is a pretty good guy. We ought to have him on the show. And that's what, that's what we would do with channels. It's kind of, you know, at the time we were probably the biggest one. Like, well, you know, you had Ralphie, yeah. uh, the, the OG of, of YouTubers. Right. And then, you know, Bart and I really, uh, got some pretty good traction, some good ground going until the, the, the bourbon tubers come in there. And uh, more power to them too. Love those, love all those guys too. Uh, met most of them. Uh, real good, yeah. real good people. Everybody's got the same goal, uh, I think, um, and that's just enjoying whiskey and 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 talking whiskey and getting the word out to people. Yeah. But anyway, Bart and I had collaborated, probably like you have, uh, just had different distillers on, you know, different uh, whiskey companies, uh, importers, whiskey riders. Uh, you know, other people in the whiskey industry we've worked with and collaborated with a lot of people. And one that we had done quite a bit with was the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. And I'd gotten to know Ben uh, Diedrich pretty well. He's one of the uh, senior directors there now. But, uh, and I was in law enforcement and had been for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, I was coming up on almost 30 years in law enforcement back in 2021. And I had reached out, I, I'd looked at what's my next step uh, coming up on retirement. And I want, wanted to get into whiskey, uh, looking back on, on just people that we'd worked with, things that we knew. I loved what the SMWS did, uh, the whiskeys that they did, the fact that they worked with almost every distillery out there, uh, sourcing whiskeys. And I knew there wouldn't be, or shouldn't be, you know, a conflict of interest between the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society and the Scotch Test Dummies. Because if we wanted to talk about McAllen, we could. If we want to talk about Ardbeg, we could. Lafroig, Deanston, you know, whoever, because the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society works with all of them. I mean, there's really right. no conflict of interest there. So I, I, and I'd reached out to Ben early in 2021 and was like, hey, you know, if I retired later this year, would you guys have a job for me? And he was, said, absolutely. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And you've collected quite the library yeah. of uh, bottles behind so you. So how does how does the library behind you work? <laughs> does that come out of did you agree on like them paying you in scotch? Or, like that's a lot we'll of work for both. Scotch. <laughs> both, both, yeah, it's a good perk. No, I get I get paid and I get scotch. That's so, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, uh yeah, and I don't even know. I'm probably around 300 bottles maybe of SMWS stuff. Wow. But uh I mean you're doing, you know, uh, the so do you want me to go into the SMWS a little bit is for those that yeah, don't know what it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh the SMWS, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, originated in Scotland back in the 80s. Uh the founder, Pip Hills, and a buddy had gone to Glen Farkless at the time, which later becomes known as Distillery Number One. We work in distillery codes. 
but they'd gone to Glenn Farkless and they said, hey, we want to buy a cask of whiskey. This is the Cliff Note version of it. Uh, Glenn Farkless was kind of like, well, back in the 80s, they were like, well, no one's really come here on their own looking for a cask of whiskey, but I guess we can sell you one. So they sold Pip and his buddy a cask of whiskey. They took it home, shared it right out of the cask with their buddies. Uh, they found it to be delicious, this non-watered down cask strength whiskey in this single cask form. And they had some buddies that said, hey, next time you do that, we want to get in you know, with you on that. Uh, deal. So it, it grew and grew from there. We're over 40,000 members now worldwide. Um, over 7,000 in the States. Uh, and I'm not sure where Canada has a branch as well. I'm not sure where their membership is at. It's in uh, Alberta. I know that Kensington Wine and I think the other one is uh, Chateau Louis in uh, Alberta. So it's mm -hmm. Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah. 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 So uh, they source whiskey. And so take an uh, example, I pulled out, um, you had mentioned talking about uh, Hazelburn, you know, one of the spring banks. And, uh, I don't know if you're going to stick with Campbelltown region or not. I don't have, we recently, uh, a few months ago, we had a 32-year-old spring bank. Mm -hmm. I want to say 32-year-old. That's cool. Um, it was either 29 or 32. Now I don't remember. Did you get but one of those? I, I did not get one of those. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I contemplated it, but I did not. But anyway, I pulled out a couple of our uh, Glen Scotia's or, or Distillery 93. This is, you know, if you look on our labels, this is 93.202. The 93 means that's the 93rd distillery that we bought whiskey from, which is in this case Glen Scotia. And then the 202 means that's the 202nd cask that we had that we got from Glen Scotia. So that's how our distillery codes work. And nice. you guys have one there that's 30 point. Yeah, we yeah. bought this relic. This so is yeah, a, we, an we old were members beer. for a couple of years. Yeah, and this one we bought back then. So some of my like the I wish you still had the one that you thought you had, which was the, the pastries and sweet treats. Yeah, it was a Bushmill pastries and sweet treats. Oh. Yeah, mm -hmm. which was probably honestly up there with some of the best whiskeys I've ever had. Like I mean, was, for Irish whiskey, it definitely was up there for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, this one is really good though, and I, it's probably benefited from being open for quite some time. Scott, we tried to test your knowledge on the on the bottle code. This is a thirty thirty point one hundred. Yeah, I had to look it up. It didn't come to mind. That's Glenn Rothis. Yeah, yeah. So, so this Glenn, is a, Glenn Rothis being the thirtieth distillery, and then the one hundredth cask that we purchased. One hundredth cask from from Glenn Rothis. Yeah, yeah. It's this is a beast of a whiskey. It's a beast. It's heavy. Yeah. It's, it says second fill. Well, okay, so for those of you that don't know, um, SMWS is extremely transparent in the way they present their whiskeys. And I know that all these colors mean something, and you could probably explain that in just a sec. Um, but it tells you, obviously, the ABV, which I think is like law, but 56.5. Then it tells you distilled uh, April 17th, 1997. Second fill, uh, butt slash X sherry. Um, so X sherry butt. And then obviously space side 30 telling you, and there, there's a, the code you can find pretty much anywhere on the web. Right. And it's yeah, 30 is I, Glenn Rothis. I'd say they're hidden. They're hidden in plain view. If you, if you, anybody can Google SMWS distillery codes and find there's several sources right. out there, several websites that keep up to date information. We just, we don't release them. Uh, right. We used to up, I believe, until 2015 or so, 
And then they they kind of quit releasing them and sticking with the distillery codes. Some of that I've heard is just tied into uh, some distilleries. And I think we're even getting more and more nowadays. If they sell whiskey, they want it in their bottles with their labels, or they want their name on it, or you have to pay for the rights to do it. So to avoid that, we stick with the numbering, the distillery codes. Yeah, that's fair. Right on. I mean, Highland Park's notorious for not allowing independent bottlers to throw their name on it for the most part. Yeah, they there's certain this certain independent bottlers that can use them. Gordon McPhail does it. And so does I think um such with an S signatory. 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 They, I believe they do as well. Um, I think I think signatory will use the Isle of Orkney or the Orkney Islands. Or maybe you're right. Actually, I think you are right about that's, that. Yeah, that's what most people yeah. do, right? It's just like yeah. Orkney Islands and whatever. Yeah, true. Scott, let's talk about that because um as you know, like a year ago, Gordon McPhail said that they're no longer going to support their independent bottling market. When you heard that news, were you concerned at all about like, you know, if that was how the industry was going, that like major distilleries aren't going to sell cast to independent bottlers anymore? Was there any concern about that with SMWS? Yeah, uh, in, in the upper echelons, I don't know because I'm not privy to that, of course, being a member relations manager in my role. Uh, and I, and I've heard that though, and I've known that, and even in the United States, more and more you, with bourbons, we used to see all these, um, you know, store picks or these special select single casts people were getting. And I've heard that even uh, bourbon distilleries are really cutting back on that. Or even if they do, like I said, they want it in their bottle with their label on it, you know, and and it's getting harder and harder to do. Uh, from what I've heard, though, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society is we're actually a publicly traded company on the London Stock Exchange. Okay. Artisanal Spirits Company is our is our name or ASC. But we also just purchased ASC purchased um, single cask um, nation. Oh, OK. So, okay. You know, another independent bottler uh, had pretty big business here in the States. Yep. Um. But along uh, to where I was getting, I've heard though that the SMWS were still the largest independent bottler, uh, volume wise, because we we do have a warehouse as well with over fifteen thousand casks in it, and I mean, we're always actively buying our own casks. We're doing our own cask exploration. We're buying White Dog from distilleries as well, and putting oh, it wow. into our own wood, you know, things yeah. like that. So it's pretty expansive. But I do think uh, personal experience or personal knowledge. Uh, it is gonna. It's getting harder and harder to do, and I think we're only going to see that worsen over the years. We'll right. see. Yeah, I think when we talked to we talked to, we have a friend James. He's he's a rep um, that represents Gordon McPhail along with other things as well. And essentially, what he was saying is like, yeah, you might not see these big distilleries in the independent bottling market as much, but you're going to see all these new distilleries in the independent bottling market. You're going to see these new distilleries that are popping up. Mm-hmm. They're still willing to sell their casks because they thought to make ends meet being a new distillery so you might get a variety uh, sure. a huge selection of like different distilleries coming to market as independent bottlings but not necessarily like your Arbegs and your Lafroigs and stuff like that yeah. anymore yeah i mean yeah. i know that um SN- smws did one shelter point so far so they explored canada so far i believe yeah that's um, our first one yeah and there's other distilleries out here that i'm sure uh you know both parties would benefit from mm-hmm. uh, exploring like uh, Macalonis and two brewers. So right. and let's see what happens with that. But I, I mean, there's going to be options out there, I think forever. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much whiskey 
nowadays, right? Like, and all these distilleries, you know, they got to make ends meet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and a cool way to explore, especially if they're if they're filling casks, SMWS filling casks as well. Um, you know, putting their own spin on uh, on distillate and maturing it the way that they think is right, which is kind of cool as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are these? Um, what do these colors mean again, Scott? I I forget. I I used to know, but. So that there's a it, with the, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society works with twelve flavor profiles. Uh, so each flavor profile gets a color coding, uh, like peat. Our peat is green. There's three different shades of green for three different peat levels. We've got three different shades of blue, uh, three different shades of purple. Uh, there's a kind of a burnt orange, which is what that one looks like, which is our deep, rich, and dried fruits. Most of those are our sherried whiskeys: Oloroso, Pedro Jimenez. Uh, they 90, 95% of the time, they're going to end up in that, that burnt orange, uh, deep, rich and dried fruits profile. I have seen them with, with lighter influences of the sherry where they might end up in spicy and dry or spicy and sweet profile. Right. But, and then there's a old and dignified. There's a, there's a flavor profile for that. It's like a maroon color and the spicy and dry is like a khaki color. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Like way to kind of distinguish if you're a fan of one flavor pro- profile, you can just stick to that color. And and that's kind of the way you buy yeah. your SMWS. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and, and with Pete, you know, some people love Pete, some people don't. And so they, if they don't like Pete, they know to stay clear of the green labels. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then certain people, juicy oak and vanilla is one of the shades of blue. Yeah, you have some people that just get into certain that one or two flavor profiles that they love, and that's what they stick with. It could be the deep, rich, and dried fruits. Yeah. Um, this this Glen Scotia here, this dark blue. This is the darkest blue. This is oily and coastal flavor profile. Really popular. Uh, they those whiskeys really pack a punch. The that'd be the, like an ex an ex bourbon maturation for that one. Most of, most of them, yeah. yeah. Nice. So what have you been drinking? I mean, obviously you got the Glen Scotia there, but what else has stood out for you recently from SNWS? Oh, shoot. Uh, a, a lot, seriously. We've had just some great bottles. Um, and of course, I don't get to try them all. Uh, we had a Ben Rennes, uh last month that was Pedro Jimenez matured. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a Kalila 11-year-old. Sorry, and our Kalila single casks are phenomenal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got a Kalila right now from Olor- from an Oloroso cask. Um, it's crazy how the- Kalila is always better independently bottled. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, <that> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. always is. No matter who the independent bottling is, yeah. it's like Kalila is just like better that way. Yeah, they just butcher their own whiskey. They but really, when they give it to everybody they else, they do a better they job. Do. They do. Really. Well, it's and- still a great whiskey. You know, one of one of the, this is the khaki color. This is spicy and dry, and this is really kind of like oily and coastal. These can really pack a punch on the palate. But this bottle right here was out last year. This is a Dalmore that was non-sherry casked. Interesting. It was just a second fill ex bourbon barrel, eight huh. nine years old, and this thing is phenomenal. Um, I've shared it with people and talked this thing up because blind, you would never guess. Dalmore. I feel like yeah. that's one of the ones that I had in the blind that we did. So for those of you that don't know, uh Scott did a North America wide uh blind tasting of SMWS stuff and I was involved in it. And you did and you did well. 
I did okay. I did okay considering. You know what? I I did, you know, it is what it is. It's not easy to do at all. Like, I, no. I feel like that's kind of the general consensus. And I know Jer- Jeremy was like, what the hell? My boy Rob gets... It's a Lope Loman perfectly. Man, some people it. do do him dirty on those blind tapes. Sure. <laughs> some people do Rob real dirty on those. Uh, you know what? I, I I nailed the lock Loman, which was crazy, but mm-hmm. it because it's so hard to pick a distillery, like dead shot a distillery. I don't like they weren't it wasn't worth that much to to do it mm-hmm. because it, I bet you you don't get it very often, right? So yeah, it was good. That was a that was the extra bonus point is what what got you and or yeah, it was worth half a point or, or a point or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was half fun, a though. point. I think it should be the whole. You name the distillery, you win. And it's like the game's <laughs> yeah. over. Game over. Game over. It's over. Uh, that was good though. It, it was. But no, anyway, you were coming up. Did you think I might have sent you a sample of that one? Something like that. Yeah, I think it. There was uh, that was involved in the tasting. At been. some point, I'm not sure if I was the one that received it or someone in the tasting received it for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I that's because so. of how unique it is. And you're talking, you know, like you're talking about, you know, how Kalila's from independent bottlers are so much better than off the shelf. Yeah, you know, off the shelf, we see, you know, these profiles from distilleries that they kind of try to stick with. And Dalmore is sherried whiskeys, and so you take a Dalmore that hasn't been anywhere near a sherry cask, and it's been in a second fill. It's entire maturation and, you know, it's, it's, and it's presented at, that one's like 63% AB, 64, wow. 64.6% <laughs> ABV. And there, it's, it's phenomenal. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. That one's going to pack a punch for sure. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I did have a, a question. You, you spoke about a Springbank 32 year old earlier. What are some of like the more like what would you say is the oldest cask you guys have? Do you know? Do you do you have any information on stuff like that? Like what what is the range of older casks? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't have that information. We did just have a 40-year-old for our 40th anniversary. Oh, nice. Um yeah. So presumably it, more. Yeah, so you you'll probably have older stuff than that somewhere. It was, yeah, it, it was $4,000. It sat on the it sold out. Uh, it did. I mean, it hung around for a little bit for people that wanted it, but no, we, yeah. it did sell out. So now, yeah, but older than that, I don't know. We, I mean, we're, we're releasing probably at least 10 to 12 whiskeys a year that are over 30 years old. Okay. That's you know, a lot. That's 30 yeah. to 33. Yeah. Nice. How many, how many whiskeys does SMWS put out a year? Well, you're so you're going to look at like it's all you know, it's all regionally specific as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so the UK, of course, being the mothership, and they have the largest uh, membership as well. Though I mean, they're over thirty five thousand members, you know, in the UK. They get the lion's share of. I mean, so in the in the states, we do two releases a month: one at the first of the month, and then one mid month. Hmm. The first of the month is usually ten to. 12 to 15 big bigger months 15 casks but usually 10 to 12 and then mid-month will be five to eight casks so you're looking at around 20 casks a month that we're releasing the uk is probably releasing three times three to four times that a month that's i mean they've got a lot yeah that sounds like a ton yeah well i mean that's what the cool thing about being part of 
SMWS is, is that like you're getting a cash ranked version of all the distilleries that you love anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you know, obviously there's some weeks or months or whatever that you, maybe you're not going to buy as much as the months before, because those ones don't, but you, you guys tend to release something from every color every month. Is that how it works or not necessarily? Uh, no, not even necessarily. I mean, there's oily and coastal, that dark blue. Those are, those aren't released. We don't get as many as those, as many of those. Mm-hmm. And then heavily, we have a heavily peated category, which is the darkest of the greens. Those don't come around that often either. So those are probably the two most um, unseen, you know, flavor profile. So when they do hit, they're usually pretty popular and will move pretty quick. Yeah, probably more because they're like when you buy an Ardbeg cask or you buy a Lafroy cask, you're assuming it's going to be heavily peated, but you don't know until you pop that bad boy open. And it's like, well, this is not as peated as we would have liked. So it can't necessarily fit under this category. So we have to put it under like one of the lower or lighter green categories, I guess. Right. Well, so are we in the in Scotland, the UK, uh, at at the headquarters, we have a tasting panel and the tasting panel or they're brought samples basically blind. I mean, they have like a, a code, you know, from the warehouse of what barrel it is, mm-hmm. but they'll, so they'll go through each, you know, all these samples each, each month or every other week and, and decide, okay, this one's ready to be released. This one, uh, keep this one in the cask for a little while longer. Why don't we, let's take this third one. Let's, let's move it to an old Rosso cask and see what happens, you know, things like that. So if they decide though, that, that, that they pick out six casks or six samples that are ready, then they'll take tasting notes on it. They'll name it, you know, at the same, same time as well. Like all of our whiskeys get named. So they're coming up with the tasting notes and then the the names of the whiskeys and the flavor profiles kind of all, I don't know if it's all like right at the same time or, you know, they're, they're the ones that are doing it. So it's really how they feel, you know, wh- wh- which flavor profile the whiskey lies in. It's got to be tough to like never repeat the same name. Yeah. Has <laughs> anyone ever suggested to them, you guys should blend something or would you automatically get fired if you even like said something like that <laughs> no we have we have done some we have done our own blends oh you have actually. blended uh-huh yeah oh, okay. they're even yeah they're even doing that we call those uh we do have blended batches um, See, i think that'd be but, cool uh, yeah 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 we just released i think 21 or 22 is coming up to, i think we, we released 21 and blended batch 22 is coming up but not all of them have been blended batches uh they've stuck they've stuck with that moniker with some small batch releases where we take several casks from one distillery and they have, they won't disclose which distillery, but we'll still, it's a batch release uh, in the blended batch series, but it's labeled a single malt scotch, you know, space side or something like that, but they yeah, won't say enough. this is, this is distillery 24. Right. You know, or yeah. I mean, geez, with like with 15,000 barrels or whatever you said that they had, what possibilities you could come up oh, yeah. with you know you uh-huh, can uh-huh. really have the whole the whole rainbow at your disposal to, to blend that cool stuff i would be yeah. so tempted to do an infinity release right. like just one <laughs> one, one <laughs> bottle from every single cask <laughs> like put into a vat yeah. like a solera and then yeah. 
release that. That's crazy. Whatever it turns out like, uh, it turns yeah. out like, and that's it. There you go. When you pitch take that like at a, the next meeting, yeah, What's take that? like an ounce from each each cask, even an ounce. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you do an ounce from each cask, fifteen thousand ounces. 15,000 ounces divided by 24. Let's see how many bottles we're going to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> but 20, you're thinking uh, 750 ml. Are these bottles at 750? Are they uh, We They were. We've moved uh, pretty much to 700s now okay. over the okay. course of the last year. So, so what's like that? 22? 20, 22 points. 20, 22. Okay. So let's say 15,000 divided by 21. Call it 21. You still get 714 bottles. There you go. That's if you did one it. ounce from each, that's that's a no-brainer. You should just do it. Put us down, put us down for two there bottles. Put us down for two. <laughs> Pitch that idea. When you get a promotion, all we want is a bottle. That's all. You know, think about that though. Even a, an ounce from a cask of whiskey isn't even that much. So even if you wanted to to amplify that and not and say you wanted 5,000 bottles to be able to sell or I mean to make sure well, that would even you've got over 40,000 members say you wanted 40,000 bottles one for each member then you're looking at uh what 10 20 20 ounces from a yeah you take a couple you take one bottle a couple bottles from each barrel basically right because yeah, it's 15,000 yeah. water bottle and just dip it in yeah you're good to go. yeah <laughs> that would be a cool idea <laughs> And then and then put it in like a, a really old sherry solera vat for a little while. Yeah. And then give it some oloroso maturation. There you go. Jeez. Yeah, million dollar idea right there. I think so. Yeah. This is this is pretty good. It's, it's, I think it's this great is with better. water. It is great with water. This is better now than what I remember it being. Well, it needed time to, to yeah, it is to a beast. chill out. It, it, my yeah. goodness, this thing. The name is very accurate. It is very fruitcakey. <laughs> And, and a twenty abundance of fruit yeah, cake. Very, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Whether you want it or not, you're getting fruitcake. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so tell us what's going on with the Scotch Test Dummies. What where is the Scotch Test Dummies headed? What are you guys planning to do these days? Anything new coming up in the horizon? What's the next 12 hours of boom. Yeah, oh, Bart got too old. Bart got too <laughs> old for the 12 hour. He can't sit for that long. It kills his taint, he says. <laughs> his, his, seriously, he says his, his taint can't handle it. That's but so no, uh, we did. And it's been three years, I think, since we did a 12 hours of boom. So, yeah. um, we're, you know, we're chugging along. We've, we've noticed, and I don't know if you guys have felt anything, but it kind of really feels like uh youtube views and like subscribership even kind of plateaued or even yeah. it, you know came off of the peaks and dropped we've kind of leveled out but we're definitely off of the numbers we were seeing just a couple you know two three years ago oh yeah yeah but and, and we talked about you know what to do how do we kind of rectify it and we said hey just keep doing what we're doing you know and that single bottle reviews we do two a week, you know, we do a scotch or a world whiskey on, on Saturdays and a, an American whiskey or bourbon on Wednesdays. And we've really, we've just kept that, just kept chugging along doing that, trying to kind of weather the storm and get back. Uh, and, and who knows if it's going to happen, right? But, and I don't know uh, what other people are, I, I've talked to some other YouTubers that have kind of saw the same thing. 
uh, with with their views, you know, subscribership and everything, because our numbers were really going up, and then they dropped, and they've kind of plateaued and leveled off. Still, oh, still yeah. chugging our, you know, uh, a fraction of what we were getting. Yeah, and, but I think that's YouTube overall, and and it could be the it could be YouTube altogether. It could be the whiskey world in YouTube, like we were talking about all these channels that are out there. Maybe there's just a plethora of content. And, yeah, and spread spreading thinner than it used to be. I guess right. Yeah, um, I think some of the new war off of it, you know, for for people too. I mean, we had so many people that used to watch and comment all the time, and you just saw kind of slowly started to see that kind of dwindle a little bit. Yeah, we've I've we've felt the same thing. Actually, the whiskey rant does decent because we we release it on both of our YouTube channels as well as uh, all the all the podcasting platforms. Um, So it's decent, but like. As far as individual reviews, it really matters what we are reviewing as far yeah. as views go. So yeah. okay. if it's a Campbelltown, sure, it's going to get a ton of views. Um, you know, either of us do a bourbon and I don't know. I think the cricket stopped cricketing. Like it's nobody cares, <laughs> you know, so um, so there's that. But yeah, I think that yeah, the, any. A big any of the big brands, you know, you know, Jim yeah. Bean comes, well, you know, McAllen, Ardbeg, you know, any of those yeah. kind of and off the shelf bottlings are going to do real well. Yeah. Uh, and spe- some of the, you know, the special releases as well. But you start getting into newer distilleries, smaller distilleries, single cask type stuff. Right. And yeah, the, I mean, everything's way down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like a move towards more like short form content as well um you know yeah under one minute videos tiktok length videos like those are getting crazy amounts of views yeah out of all the videos that i i think still kind of do well i released an overrated overpriced a couple weeks a few weeks ago and it did better than any of my whiskey of the year videos in the last like three years it did like that that kind of list video people still love yeah so that's top five top 10 whatever that worked really oh, yeah. well but you you see a little boost and then right back down to reality it's it it's i don't want to call it scary because none of us were relying on this as a source of income for our families kind of thing but um it's sad i guess in a way to see how yeah. how it's dropped a little <laughs> bit Right. The community's kind of changed. It's not necessarily as tight knit. Yeah. I, I think there's probably a lot of factors. And another one as well is just the YouTube algorithm. And so, I mean, we know YouTube will drive viewers to where the clicks are, you know, mm-hmm. the, and, the, and that's the bigger channels, you know, so, those with a hundred thousand, you know, plus subscribers uh, posting whiskey reviews are going to get the, the algorithms just going to push people their ways. And I saw, uh, like whiskey in the six, you're up to over 15,000 subscribers now, which is good. I mean, you, you've actually moved along pretty good. It seems like. Yeah, not bad. I mean, if we were, if we were all pacing at the rate that we were pacing at what, four years ago, five years ago, we should have been well over, you know, yeah. 20, 30,000 by now. Right. Uh, but at the, it's, grinded to a halt like there was a point where i hit 2000 that that was when it actually happened right around when my daughter was born i hit 2000 subs and then three months later i hit 3000 subs oh yeah and that was like a huge three months for me like enormous and then from there it 
slowed down and I was averaging about 10 subscribers a day, I would say on average to 12 subscribers mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it went, now it's like one a day, two yeah. a day, three a day sometimes. Yeah. You know? I think, I think Bart and I with the dummies are averaging about 40 to 50 a month. Okay. And we were, hitting, we were 400 to 500 a month there for yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. So I don't even know what my average is at the I, moment. I, I, quit, I quit tracking. I mean, I used to track like, you know, by hundred subscribers, how long it took, you know, or yeah. like every thousand or 10,000 views, how long it took to get, you know, and it was, it was just climbing and getting better and better. And it, then it's just nosedive the other way. And I'm like, I can't even track this anymore. It's too brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was growing exponentially and now it's shrinking. Exponentially. Well, it's not shrinking. It's just not growing as quickly as but the, the thing is think of those think of those newer channels or the you know the the, the really small ones they're even feeling it worse uh, and you know i think you'll we'll, we'll see a lot of them dropping out because it is expensive you know if you want to buy your own whiskeys to do this yeah you can you can drop money pretty darn quick i mean easily over a thousand dollars a month easy you know oh, right? yeah for sure you could yeah yeah. I mean, yeah, tell me about Never it. Never added up. Never, <laughs> Never calculated. Weed. Don't even think of <laughs> This bar doesn't fit in the in the shot, but it, it goes another, what? Like looking at the camera, maybe another double of what you see. It's looking good, though. You guys got some, and I can see some good whiskeys back there. It's not bad. It, we, we've done okay over A couple there. of gems, yeah. Yeah. This is just mine. Jeremy has like a whole ton of, of whiskey as well of his own well so. i don't share any of it so he shares less yeah he shares <laughs> it stays at home whatever time. arrives yeah. here i get to try it then and then that's pretty much it <laughs> i would even say though and i don't know what your guys what you guys saw with this but like even like you know distilleries reaching out or distributors or you know things like that or people wanting to send you know bottles to review yeah it, i mean that's even dropped off it oh, seems yeah where we used to once a month or, or so we'd get an offer from somebody that wanted us to review their whiskey. And that was, I don't even remember the last person we had want to send us whiskey. Yeah. We, we have some like OG companies that have always helped us out and sent us stuff. But for the most part, we buy, I would say we, we've always bought at least 90% of our whiskeys. Now we're buying 95 or 96% of yeah. our whiskeys, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had a rep reach out not too long ago about an Irish whiskey. I'm like, is it available? Can I, can you get it to me in Canada? And they're like, oh, shoot. Nope. Can't, <laughs> actually, can't yeah. actually get it to you in Canada. So, yeah, that happens a lot. That happens. That is happening a lot. Yeah. The restrictions. You can send you a picture of it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's getting things into Canada that's tough. Now, I mean, the Ontario government has finally passed a law where we can buy whiskey from other provinces, um, which... We did so anyway, but now we can just do it without with the, legality with, yeah. issues. Yeah, there's no legal issue now <laughs> doing it. We we're nothing, always doing Nothing that, changes for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's been the same. <laughs> now it just feels now that, like that little tinge of like fear is completely gone. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're you're right. It's 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 changed, but you know what? It was expected. Like there's there's some YouTube sex 
like cigars, like any tobacco type uh, YouTube is all pretty much shut down. They shut down all monetization, I think, for a while. Well, the big thing about cigars and tobacco on, on YouTube is like you cannot link to anywhere to buy tobacco or even say where you can buy tobacco. Oh, okay. If you say like a website's name that sells tobacco, like that will get red flagged. You can't even say hmm. it. You can't link to it. You can't say it. You can't put it in the description. Nothing. Correct. Wow. Yeah. So you can review a cigar. You just can't and it, talk you, about where to buy it. And you can monetize that? Yes. So you can't talk about where to buy it. Like that is the most, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I do think that that has something to do with why the algorithm is not picking up on what we're doing as much anymore because they're trying to work away from, you know, alcohol and tobacco. Yeah. Maybe alcohol. And well, I wonder how many alcohol sponsors you Google has, right? Because if they had more of those then they would have, Mm-hmm. more of a reason yeah. to push our algorithm yeah right like when do you see a budweiser ad or a ad for glenfiddich on youtube or an yeah. ad for you you're know, right hardly ever i don't see any yeah. i don't see like I don't, are there any i don't even yeah, I th- yeah. like I, I still see them on tv but i don't see them on right. youtube anymore right. so i wonder if that's part of it perhaps yeah, I was trying to think. I did see, I think, Maker's Mark I've seen, but I think that's on streaming TV service platforms. Right. And, and I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if I've even seen Johnny Walker lately. Oh, um, another bourbon. A couple bourbons, I guess, but... Yeah, it's like YouTube doesn't need people to review whiskey on their platform. No. Or tobacco. No. Right? And, like, if advertisers, like, I don't want to put my ad on someone reviewing whiskey. Well, the 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 health industry is becoming so much of a factor here now mm. that it's like, well, if I'm a health, if I'm promoting health and wellness, I don't want my ads being put on. Maybe you do actually. Maybe because those people watching it are like that's super actually not a bad point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna need those services. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> If everybody's healthy, then they're kind of be right. Know, they're all going to be shit out of luck. Right, cause... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I still stick by the studies that have shown one or two drinks a day is is good for you. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's stick we, with that. Yeah, I I like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, up here they've tried to change it to one or two a week. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. The doesn't matter the the gender. Right. One or two a week <laughs> is the. It's not even the recommended, but it's the like, oh, you you won't die. You won't get cancer if you do that minimum amount. You probably won't die, but we can't guarantee it. And then I don't know if you follow him, but uh, I forget his first name. Huberman, Andrew, Andrew Huberman. Uh, the he's a he's got this huge podcast, and he did a a video because he does health podcasts and he does various topics, but he did alcohol is one of the topics and if you haven't watched it i highly recommend you do it's interesting uh it goes into how like basically one drink has only negative effects on your body well i mean it yeah. is poison yeah it's po- essentially day. poison delicious but... delicious poison but does he talk about the mental health aspect of like 
if it relieves stress or relaxes you or you know you unwind from a stressful day like is that a factor just the immediate hormonal effect not not necessarily like how many people did it prevent from having a heart attack because it thinned their blood and mellowed them in the in the moments that they probably would have been most stressed and and maybe have had a heart attack yeah no, he doesn't get into that. Or like the social aspect of like getting together and socializing with all also didn't get into that. Right. But... So those are factors that I think that would benefit you. Yeah, for sure. Are, are factored in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I say. I mean, and there's different different studies for different folks out there. But yeah, I mean, and the the studies that I stick to and have and have read, and it it, it pertains to those medical benefits that drinker too, not overdoing it, but it, it lowers blood pressure, it lowers people's stress. Like yeah. and like Jeremy said, you know the societal factors of of mingling and and getting with friends and enjoying some drinks and the the health benefits of those, you know, over right outweighing the the yeah. negative. I would think. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. We yeah. all agree. That's why we're, that's we're, why the people watching are watching it. Doctor Scott Scott has dummies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can find studies, you know, that tell you eat whole grains, and then you find a study that says don't eat whole grains. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's a study that says eggs are good for you. Then there's a study that says eggs are bad for you. So yeah. I mean, there's always there's always both sides of the spectrum. You're Absolutely, right. moderation is the key to everything. I think, right? I well, yeah. except maybe crack. <laughs> <laughs> never yeah not once <laughs> I, I don't think crack could be good for you in any amount <laughs> well should be a study that comes out is like microdosing crack is good for you yeah. whatever <laughs> i have a funny feeling that Boom, prove your rate wrong <laughs> opens up pathways in the brain yeah See? Yeah, that's that's shrooms. Someone someone once probably once said that about magic mushrooms. Psilocybin. Never, never but it do psilocybin. Psilocybin's no. from the earth. Now it's now it's great. You know what? I'm like I'm not into psilocybin just yet. I'm not knocking it. I I, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind trying it uh eventually, especially when it becomes legal here, but I'm huge into medicinal mushrooms like like all the medicinal we've talked about this before. I know this. We're going on a tangent over you're, here. A yeah, bit. you're taking the turn. But uh, yeah, check out medicinal mushrooms. Actually, Scott, yeah, if you haven't already, chaga, cordyceps, lion's mane, turkey tail. Next on whiskey in the six mushroom I, reviews. Mushroom reviews. <laughs> I've mushroom had. Reviews. I love lion's mane mushrooms, but I mean, I yeah. fry them up. Oh, like but, you eat them? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, heard, I, I heard they're delicious to eat, but I take them actually in like pill form. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're incredible for your brain, apparently. Yeah, huh. yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of health been. I mean, they're like anti-inflammatory, antioxidants, yes. and yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, um, we won't keep you too much longer because these rants tend to be about an hour-ish. I think we've been pretty close to an hour. I'm not even sure actually what we're at. Uh, about that. Does it say? I can't see it anywhere, but um, there's going to be, I mean, if there's anything that you wanted to trim out, we can always do that. Why don't you tell people how to uh, get involved with SMWS? Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Uh, Depends on where you're at. Uh, Canada, I believe, is smws.ca for their website. If you're in the United States, then it's smwsa.com for America, smwsa. 
And then smws.com is the UK website. There's more information there. We are, we do operate on an annual uh, membership. Uh, If you're in the UK, the, the best benefit is if you are in the UK is our members only rooms over there where you have to be a member to be able to get into, but we've got, they've got restaurants and walls of our whiskeys and stuff that you can drink there. A huge benefit. We have a lot of members that take advantage of those. And if you're a member in Canada or the United States, uh, we also have branches in Australia, Germany, and China or, and or Japan. But everybody has, if you're a member of the SMWS, it's worldwide. You can go to the to the UK and get into the members' rooms. But uh, really, like in the States and Canada right now, as being a member, you're you're getting access to our whiskeys. And they're really, I have no problem telling people they'll honestly be some of the best whiskeys you'll ever have in your life. So, Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I remember, and I think they still do it in Alberta. Uh, you can, if you're a member, you go into either of those two stores that I mentioned earlier, uh, Kensington Y Market or uh, Chateau Louis, and they'll pop the bottle and let you try it there mm-hmm. and then. Nice. I think like it's a small fee, like very, very minimal. And mm-hmm. then you can buy those sample kits as well, the right. sample sets um, of the entire line that's coming out and then decide from there. And uh, that's... For Canadians, that's a really cool thing because we don't get to do that. We have to buy it, take it home, try it for the first time, and uh-huh. wonder if we wasted our money or not. Yeah. Or yeah. find out <laughs> find out later, right? But you know, if you get to try it before you buy it or you get a sample kit, then you can go back and pick buy the ones that you liked. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes buying a lot easier, right? Yeah, so for sure. Uh they're pretty cool about that. SMWS globally, I guess, because yeah, even even in Canada. Uh-huh. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This Scott, was great seeing you. Great talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Long time no see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, stay on the line. But uh, again, if you guys haven't seen this gentleman, I'm sure you've been under a rock for the last <laughs> few years. Um. Scotch Test Dummies. Yep. And now with the SMWS. Uh, Scott, you're the man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Rob, Jeremy. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.